0: Welcome to the Fully Known Podcast, hosted by me, Olivia Mead. Today we are kicking off our new series called Sisters, Stories from Women of the Church. Before we get started, I wanted to lay a little groundwork for you so you know what to expect. Each episode will feature two stories. The first part of the episode will be teaching focused, meaning we will be opening our Bibles and studying a passage. The second half of the episode will be interview style, where I sit down with one of my friends as she shares her story. The purpose behind this is simple. The heart cannot love what the mind does not know. We read that in Romans 12. Biblical literacy is crucial to the understanding and reckoning of our own stories. So that's the heart behind each episode. We pray that you learn and love accordingly. So without further ado, let's dive in. Today we are focusing on the story of the Hebrew midwives, Shiphrah and Puah, found in Exodus 1. Their stories pick up in verse 15, but before we go there, let's get just a little backstory so we know what's going on. Exodus is the second book of the Old Testament and part of the four books of the Pentateuch. It picks up where Genesis leaves off. The Israelites are leaving Egypt. They've experienced peace in the land thus far because of their well-respected forefather Joseph. Here's what Exodus 1-7 says about the people. But the Israelites were fruitful, increased rapidly, multiplied, and became extremely numerous so that the land was filled with them. This command to be fruitful and multiply dates all the way back to Genesis, where in chapter 1, verse 28, God blessed Adam and Eve and gave them a job to do. So we see that the Israelites are growing rapidly. But Joseph and his brothers have all died, and now in Exodus 1, there's a new king in town. Verses 8 through 10 tell us a new king who did not know about Joseph came to power in Egypt. He said to his people, "Look, the Israelite people are more numerous and powerful than we are. Come, let's deal shrewdly with them, otherwise they will multiply further and when war breaks out, they will join join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country." The new king of Egypt recognized the dramatic increase of God's people. The Israelites were everywhere. Egypt was no longer full of just Egyptians. They were now a diverse nation full of Israelites, too. God planned this, of course, but the king was unhappy. His approach was filled with fear and oppression, seeking only to protect his own kingdom. There's a couple places in this story where we see some irony, and here's the first. The king thought he was in charge, but little did he know, God was using him to put in motion a dramatic rescue of his people, fulfilling a covenant he made long ago with Abraham. So now let's move on to verse 15, where we meet Shifra and Puah, the Hebrew midwives. So they were tasked at assisting in childbirth. The ladies would have been very close to the families of the Israelites and pretty widely known among the people. They had an incredible job, and considering what we read earlier about rapid multiplication among the people, they would have been very busy. And unfortunately, the king saw their status and profession as a devastating opportunity here are the words of pharaoh giving a command to the midwives in verse 16 when you help the hebrew women give birth observe them as they deliver if the child is a son kill him but if it's a daughter she may live shiphra and puah were literally bringing life into the world and now they were instructed to take it this king would stop at nothing to save himself and protect his own kingdom His fear of losing power ran so deep that he incited mass murder among people living in his own land. This is horrific. It is sin. It is evil, and it is a prime example of depravity. But God, God uses the depraved nature of man to showcase his tremendous grace. We're reminded of that in Romans where Paul writes, where sin increased, grace abounded even more. So Shiphrah and Pua, the midwives, they had strict instructions to kill every male child born among the Israelites. And they knew that if they didn't do this, if they didn't follow the king's order, they would likely receive a death sentence themselves. But they were allegiant to a different king, a king with much more power and glory and ability to save. Here's what the women did. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had told them. They let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, Why have you done this and let the boys live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are rigorous, and give birth before the midwife can get to them. So God was good to the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very numerous. Since the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Shiphrah and Pua feared God more than man. They trusted his plan above their own. Their story is incredible for a lot of reasons, and it's evident that the author of Exodus wants to drive that point home. The author, who is likely Moses, names very few people throughout the book. The pharaohs are not even named. But he saw fit to include the names of Shiphrah and Pua to condone and exemplify their actions. Having a healthy fear of God is a central theme to the book of Exodus, so opening with this story really sets the stage for readers. I mentioned a bit of irony earlier and wanted to point something else out here in the final verses of chapter 1. Pharaoh was adamant about killing the male babies because they would be the ones to pose a threat to his kingdom. They could fight, rule, lead, learn, and use their power to overthrow a government or join another ranking army. He didn't care much about the girls. They wouldn't make a difference to him. They posed no threat to his kingdom. They were regarded as weak, unimportant, and lacking in leadership. Pharaoh didn't bother to worry about the girls, but it was two women by their faith and fear in Yahweh who disrupted his kingdom and fueled the growth of God's people. The actions of Shiphrah and Puah long outlived them. They fought to protect baby boys among the Hebrews, and in the very next chapter of Exodus, in Exodus 2, we read of the birth of Moses, a patriarchal figure of our faith who was used by God to lead his people to freedom. Shiphrah and Pua's actions were not just admirable, but played a role in the redemptive history of God's people. Now we're heading into my conversation with Amber. This conversation was fun, but we do go really deep. And so I know there will be something here for all of you. Um, I do also want to say this is our very first episode, so there is a learning curve here. Um, so if you're listening along, please give us a little grace. I know that we will get better and better with each episode. Hosting a podcast where I get to talk about the Bible and I get to talk with my friends is truly a dream come true. And so my prayer is that with each episode, each conversation we have, you will be pointed directly back to the Lord and see how His hand and His providence is all over your life. So without further ado, here is my conversation with my friend, Amber. So today I'm sitting down with my friend, Amber. Hey, Amber. Hi. Happy birthday. (laughs) Well, thank you. You're welcome. She told me she didn't want me to mention her birthday, but I told her too bad, (laughs) So, um, Amber, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Oh, let's see. Where to start? Um, I just turned 28 today. Today. <laughs> woo, woo. Happy birthday. Oh, that's a, that's a big number, I feel like. Not, well, sort of. Mm, maybe not. That's a good it's, number. It's almost to 30, but not yeah. 20. <laughs> right. So. It's, a, it's a great sweet spot. Right. Sort of. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, so, I'm in school Still. So that's kind of why I think 28 is one of the... <laughs> so tell us what you're in school for. Um, I'm in school to be an OBPA. I had to think about it because I just Fun. had finals and yeah. my brain is...
0: Like... So you're fried. So you have a nice little break. Mm-hmm. Um how much, longer, how much How <laughs> much longer do you have left in school before you're finished? I should be finished in the spring, which is, seems like... That's very soon. Yeah. So big deal. So what you're telling me is, if there's any ladies listening... <laughs> and they're pregnant right now, call. call it off till spring, and you'll deliver their baby.
1: What? Yes. Okay. <laughs> now, I, so I specialize in home births, and, you know, not the, not the typical, but, um, so yeah, so if you have any friends. Yeah, I didn't know this about you. Mm-hmm. So what, what different
0: do you learn specializing in home births rather than... What you would learn
1: or specialize in in a hospital birth. Right. So, um, well, you learn everything plus the emergency contingency. Okay. So, you're going to be like, well, if this happens, then this is our our out, you know. So, mm-hmm. you got to know where all the hospitals are, like emergency services, you know, things like that. Yeah. But you, typically, it's you're learning everything the same. Yeah. Just, just things that you can't do in the hospital or... Things you can't do at home. They're a little different, but yeah. not, not very.
0: That's fun. Yeah. Exciting. I didn't know this about
1: you, so I learned something new. Mm-hmm. What else about yourself do you want to tell us? Mm-hmm. Let's see. So I'm grounded more in international missionary work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very enthusiastic about the country of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have been on a trip together. We have. In Jamaica, so that was my first love. Yes and so uh, so um, i'm learning how to transition that from international love to local mm-hmm. missionary work so that's, that's good yeah the so process. the first
0: one of the first times we met was when we went to jamaica on a mm-hmm. mission together um was a phenomenal trip and i've learned so much in the last probably 5 to 6 years about um Missions, mission trips, international mission, of course, you can talk more to that. But I love what you said about um, trying to, to transfer your love for an international um, trip or an international
1: mission to a local mission. So can we talk more about that? Yeah. Um, I think it's it's a hard transformation at times mm-hmm. just because it seems so important to go somewhere else and just because you kind of, become a little blind to the needs that we have in the community because you are the community you know. Right. so you think you're sort of helping yourself a little bit more if you're here um, and it's it's fun to travel like who doesn't love to travel so yeah. it, I think a lot of people get wrapped up in international work and they sort of can lose the fact that we need it here locally as well um, and even I'm having a hard time reminding myself of that um, but it just yeah it takes stepping back and really looking where it's needed yeah I think that's good and I mean you know our one of our
0: our highest callings as believers and really as the church is discipleship
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and whereas international mission is so important um, sometimes it's hard to disciple people who are thousands of miles away and so um, bringing that discipleship into the local context is oftentimes hard but really what's needed so it's very important yeah um, so you're in school. You mm-hmm. just turned twenty-eight today <laughs> and you're finishing school in the spring, you love international missions. Mm-hmm. What else can we talk about?
1: What else? Let's see. Is there any more room?
0: <laughs> I have something. oh So we share a love for Ukraine and Jamaica, of course. We, do. Mm-hmm. we share a lot of loves, you and I. Yes. Um, I brought uh some <laughs> Starbucks this morning and I, I texted Amber last night and I was like, Hey, what's your Starbucks order? She texted me my exact same <laughs> Starbucks order, so um, we love blonde Americanos from Starbucks. Yes, you like a little bit of Splenda. I like a little bit of almond milk, but mm-hmm. um, so we have that in common. We also do yoga together. Yes, let's talk about yoga a little bit.
1: <laughs> okay, so on top of the schooling that I'm already doing, I'm uh-huh. trying to to learn um, a yoga teacher training. And it's, it's totally, I thought it would take away from my ministry a little bit just Mm -hmm. because it's something you're learning something new, but really it can kind of add to that. Like just depending on what perspective you take on yoga, I think it can really like bring out your, your way to worship even more. I think it can, because you're, you're setting apart some time for yourself Mm -hmm. And really, you can pretty much do anything in that time to kind of bring it back to God and, you know, how to worship well. Absolutely. So I I, I kind of use it as that that sort of way to have 15 minutes in the Word, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also good for, like, mental health reasons. Absolutely. You know, so I think yoga really benefits me in a way that nothing really else has. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, because, um, so the practice of yoga
0: is essentially, you know, they say bringing you back to your center. So as believers, we know our center is the gospel, it's Christ. So if we use the practice to, um, kind of align our hearts with the Lord, it's can be really good. Right. Um, Agreed. Yeah. I've been practicing yoga for gosh, six or seven years. Longer than me. And, um, (laughs) I love it, and it's hard It's hard to carve out some silent time, mm-hmm. um, I think, for all of us, no matter you know what season of life you're in, and so to do that is really cool, so I love seeing you in class.
1: Oh, yeah, I love having someone familiar. <laughs> I know,
0: yeah. Um, so, along with yoga, you also are a runner, Oh my. which I love. That's <laughs> I another
1: know. thing we have in common, mm-hmm. but you run longer distances than I, I do. See, even having someone say that I'm a runner, I'm still like oh uh, but am i <laughs> i'm going to go ahead and say yes you're a runner if you've
0: run 26.2 miles multiple times <laughs> that's going to be a hard
1: yes you're a runner I, it's just it's one of those things that i think you just you're like oh <laughs> someone calls you that but really are you that I, I, running is just so different than like i said about yoga but it's just so different than anything it's yeah. it's a way to sort of have a way to get out of your mind but be in your mind so it's it doesn't make any sense but Mm -hmm. that's just the way it affects your body Uh, marathons are insane (laughs) yeah uh my first marathon was unreal i was way overweight and i just decided this was i was turning 26 and i was Mm -hmm. like I'm going to run 26 miles on my 26th birthday. Yeah, you are. Well, my birthday is in December, guys. (laughs) So I literally had, I'd I'd scheduled my first marathon in November before my birthday. So I waited the whole year, no training. Guys, do not do that. Disclaimer. (laughs) Yes, do not. I was was severely obese. This was at a time where depression had a hold of me. I did mm-hmm. not realize that it had a hold of me until I decided to run 26 miles. And that's when you're heavy, six hours of time in your head. Mm-hmm. And you do not realize that your phone's going to die and you're going to need to run and finish this race. So it's just very <laughs> therapeutic in a way if you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things that I don't think there's anything in comparison to a marathon. But I, it's just, it's an unreal feeling. It is. They sure. talk
0: about the runner's high, and that's true. I've yes. never done a full marathon, I've done a half. And even in the half, in the halves that I've done, at the end, I want to die. Mm-hmm. But you also feel like this is the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever done aside from childbirth. For real. So, How have I done that. Well, it's an interesting time. <laughs> there let me you just go. Tell you. you know this. Yes. you're on the other side of yeah, it. Yeah, I'm on the catch team. You are. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. I'm the catch. I want to be you're on the, the catch team. You're the pitcher on the catcher. <laughs> 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 I love that. Um, so you said your 26th birthday is when you really, um, your 26th year, decided I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you were in, would you
1: say, a pretty dark place in life? <gasps> well, it's interesting because. Depression has a way, with some people, I think, to kind of hide under some things. Uh So, for me, I didn't really know that I had depression or dealt, you know, I I wasn't really in a dark place. But, like you were talking about the runner's high, well, after the marathon, you have a low because, Mm -hmm. hey, I've accomplished this goal, now what? Right. Like, okay, you know, and after that six hours of being in your head, you're kind of like oh, you have some spots that are sensitive mm-hmm. because you're either going, why aren't you running fast enough? You know, you're a little bit heavy. Like, oh, I see this girl can run in a two-hour marathon, you know. So there's a lot of beating yourself up that you can you can do in that amount of time. So it's just, it was a an eye-opener for me, the low after the high, mm-hmm. that, that kind of sent me into a spiral of, you have severe depression, not just depression mm-hmm. um so it's a very interesting yeah. interesting thing so
0: since then you've been on somewhat of a pretty transformational journey mm-hmm. health-wise well working on it <laughs> no it's absolutely so um along with running and yoga and all of those things mm-hmm. um what have you found in in the physical i guess i'll call it physical fitness aspect mm-hmm. of you know, incorporating that more into your life. Um, what have, How have you found that that has
1: helped your mental health? Uh, well, first of all, I just want to pull back a little bit. I think mental health and physical health go hand in hand. You know, uh-huh. I think we either see one or the other. We don't see them yeah. as working together. Yeah, that's And good. I think just realizing that from a standpoint and just like pulling yourself aside and going, Hey, what are some areas that I can work on Mm -hmm. today? Not three months from now or a year from now, or do I want to look like this instant model? What can I do for me today? And that for me was, I can work on how I'm thinking about myself Mm -hmm. and how I'm like treating myself in the mornings. Like, okay, so go to the gym, like get your morning started, right? Yeah. And, um, just, introducing little things that not major changes but things that can benefit you but in the long the long term they build on one another Mm -hmm. yeah they Mm -hmm. add up
0: Yeah, doing the um there's a book that i read this summer by emily freeman called the next right thing Mm -hmm. and she talks about that um small things that you do every day just choosing your next right thing that leads into the next right thing to the next right thing and so it, it it leads you forward to that goal without it seeming like an overarching thing that you'll never achieve.
1: Yeah, because heaviness doesn't help you in any way, you know? So I think just keeping it light and positive and just being confident in yourself. Mm -hmm. But that didn't happen for me overnight, you know? I I think women, like, just think it's like a light bulb that comes on. It's not. It's something that you have to work on every day, Mm -hmm. you know? You have to be nice to yourself every day or, you know... It's, you're not going to benefit from that. You know? mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's tough. It's hard to be confident in all the things that you want to be in the yeah. day. And um, I think for me, the, the morning is the easiest time for me to go, this is what my goals are for today. And, you know, don't overload yourself. Just make them easy and attainable. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think that's good. It kind of goes along with that renewal of your mind. Right. Um, Paul writes about that renewing our minds and how important it is to, um, continue to set ourselves on the things that matter. Mm -hmm. So I like that. And I like, I also try to do things in the mornings. Um, like I try to do my Bible reading in the morning. I try to work out in the morning if I
1: can. Um, I think it's a really great practice to put into place. Right. And I I think it's important for like, when you say workout, it's like it doesn't matter what you're doing. Just get moving in the way. Yeah. Like, I mm-hmm. mean, just walk or mm-hmm. whatever you're capable of. It doesn't even have to be like, let's run 26 yeah. miles. Because yeah. No,
0: that's not happening for yeah, me. Yeah, it
1: doesn't have to be that way. I have a friend that doesn't even like running, and she's like, what What do I do? What? You just have to find yeah. your thing and just do that, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. So I think, for me, a journey that I've been on um, postpartum, Um, so since having my daughter who is now 16 months old, but, um, this better half of a year is kind of like rediscovering myself, rediscovering Mm -hmm. my body, things that I can do and can't do like I used to. Like I thought that I was going to be able to jump right back into running and, um, which she did. well, (laughs) Well, not in the way that I anticipated. So I'm thinking like, you know, I'm going to, my body's going to bounce back and I'm going to be able to do all these things. But I had to get to a point of seeing like, it's very important to give yourself space to grow in the way that you need to grow. So my body grew a human, a birth a human, which is a big deal. And then I need a little bit of time to recover for real. So I think that that goes, you know, for any season of life, not just, you know, having a baby, but like we go through different things that Um, Weigh us down, or that cause us to change physically and mentally, and like you said, those going together, um, they really have a direct effect on one another. For sure. So, um, can we talk a little bit about you being vegan?
1: (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Okay. It's the it. Everyone talks about it. Well, no, no, no. I don't want to talk about it. Talk about it because I love it.
0: Right. Um. So what? What was your motivation behind, you know what, I'm going to cut out animal products?
1: Well, okay, so this is all happening all at once, you guys. I know you're overwhelmed because I was overwhelmed. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh, wait, she's a vegan and she runs a marathon? And, you know, it Mm -hmm. it all kind of hit me all at once, you know. So after I ran the marathon, I realized that I am very overweight. Um, And, hey, I need to fix this somehow. So I just, I I thought about every way that I could benefit from, you know, changing my diet or how do I, how do I even start? Mm-hmm. I mean, cause you know, you're so set in your ways and depression is one of those things that I'm an emotional eater. I've never said that out loud on the microphone, but that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm an emotional eater. And so when I hit that low, I decided I'm gonna eat everything in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't matter if it was still alive. I was probably. <laughs> so, so I was just trying to fix myself from that low and then I realized this is not helping at all. Yeah, so I just like, like I said, I was trying to be nicer to myself, so I was like, huh, veganism mm-hmm. and I, the January, there's a, is it veganary? I I don't even know, but it's like a. I definitely don't know. (laughs) January is a month where a lot of people decide, (laughs) hey, I'm going to go vegan for a month. Okay. So I decided overnight, I'm going to go vegan for a year. And I'm just going to, just going to attempt to do it. You know, I, I like. Biscuits and gravy. <laughs> and there's sausage in that, y'all. Yeah, there okay, is. There's so, some butter in there, too. Right. A lot, a lot of dairy and a yeah. lot of... Okay, wait. So, for some of those that don't know what veganism is, you don't eat dairy or meat. Right. No animal product. None at all. At all. Not even eggs. Yeah, not even eggs. People don't even realize eggs, no. are, eggs are dairy. Right. I get that all the time. What What do you eat? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I eat grass. Yeah, no, I'm that's kidding. it. That's all there is left. No, but. There's a lot left. Yes. There's, there's a lot, lot of things. Today. There's a lot left. I've learned to laugh at it. Because yes. it's it's a funny thing, you know, changing your diet from what is so, so socially, I can't uh-huh. say that word, normal yeah. to something that like, no, I, well, I wouldn't say no one, but a lot of, I know one vegan that's my friend, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like, there's a lot of people that are like, nope, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So in January, I decided overnight I was going to go vegan. And you learn quickly that there's a lot of things that that cuts out of your life. So, Mm -hmm. but in a way, it just was like transformational. Mm -hmm. I had decided this is the way I'm going to live. This is the way I'm going to think about myself. I'm not going back to emotionally eating. I'm just starting to benefit from ways to be nicer to myself. And Mm -hmm. my food was the the easiest way that I could be nicer to myself, you Mm -hmm. know. So... Once I had that relationship with food going, I think it was a lot easier to realize that, um, you know, it's it's easy to be a way that we beat ourselves up. Oh, I'm going to eat this or that or, you know, I don't even think that a lot of people think about food that much. But right. for me, I think about food like that. It's yeah. like, oh, I, you know, I'm not feeling so great, but I'll go get this burger from Burger King, and mm-hmm. hey, I might feel a little hey, bit that'll better. make me feel better. Yeah, or like mm-hmm. it's little things like that that not a lot of people put that thought into. Like yeah. this is way I'm thinking, but mm-hmm. they're thinking that. So reframing your entire mindset, really. Yes, it's it's like you don't even food shouldn't have that control over people, but right. it, it really can mm-hmm. and does. And so I think, and it was so funny, my journey kind of. Uh, kickstarted my, my best friend's journey. Mm-hmm. And she was obviously like, I'm not going vegan. <laughs> it is not happening. But let's do this together. I know we both emotionally eat and so I think between us we've lost like 170 pounds. That is incredible. Yeah. That's a whole, to almost two humans. That's a lot. <laughs> so it's it's a lot to, to do together. I think, but it, we've seen so much growth with with each other. I think, and it's so much... Much more rewarding to do mm-hmm. it together. Yeah, but you know, guys, if you don't have someone to do it with, even doing it by yourself is so is is rewarding. In it itself. is. It is.
0: Mm-hmm. So in this, you know, transformational journey you've been on with um, physical mental health, how have you seen God move in your life
1: through those disciplines? I think I couldn't have done it without that. Uh-huh. Without without being constantly reminding of, you know, what God loved you enough to send his son to die on a cross. You know, you have to be more kind to yourself. You cannot take this for granted, you know? And I think a lot of people do. They take even the easy things or the hard things for granted. Right. I think, I think it's hard sometimes to go, Oh, this is what my journey is supposed to look like. Yeah. So it just takes time to kind of sit back and retrospect and look at the things. Now, could I have told you this that January? Probably not. I'd yeah. probably be a little bit different mindset. But yeah. now I'm coming on to my year of. This is how I'm feeling. It's, uh-huh. it's a lot. It's it's a lot to look back on to the year, but so in a good way.
0: Your goal was veganism for a year. Yes, you're gonna continue. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I figure. I thought well, I knew an to answer,
1: but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I had a cheese pizza in in Philadelphia. Was it the best thing it ever? Was unreal mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> i kind of go
0: harder go home yes. don't be getting that cheese pizza from oh mom, no, no no from one of the chains
1: yes like no, go to philadelphia was, get your cheese pizza yes, it was a mom and pop and i just it was so great yeah but that was that was last month and i'm, uh-huh. I'm thinking man dairy sounds so nice <laughs> but you know i you have to continue to be nice to yourself so right. i you know And it's funny, I can go back on dairy, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to. But I had the thought of, oh, you know what? For my birthday, maybe I'll have like a cheeseburger. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, but that's killing a cow. And so, what started off on, I'm sorry guys, I know I know that's hateful to put on a podcast. Well, I mean, you know, to get the meat, you do have to kill the cow. Right, this is true. But, you know, so now my brain, I started off on like, okay, it's for my body, nutrition-wise. But uh-huh. now, I'm a little bit of an activist. And that's, okay. that's scary to say. Okay. So, I'm so here now I just don't like the idea of taking another thing's life. Yeah. And... I respect that. You know, but the cheeseburger it looks nice, but I don't think I'll be able to eat it. So let's switch gears a little bit. Okay. Talk a little bit
0: more about church. So we've been going to church together for A long time. A long time. Yes. Um, I mean I guess it's been five years. Yeah. Yeah.
1: If not more. Well,
0: since Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. No, (laughs) actually longer than five years. We're sitting here looking at each other like, yeah, "Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we've known each other for a long time, Mm -hmm. and we've been in church together for a long time, so we've been through a lot of a church journey together. Um, So let's talk a little bit about your, kind of your perspective, or not even perspective, but I feel like I keep saying the word journey, but your kind of path, Mm -hmm. and and like how you have um, gotten to the place that you are now in the church in particular. Well, well, <laughs> where do we go? Yeah, <laughs> where to start? So let's start with like when you first came to New Heights. Okay. Um, where were you at with church? Okay, so huh. did you grow up in church? I'm trying to think
1: back that far. No. Did you okay, so. like where? Where? where <laughs> where's your faith at that point? Okay, now I see where you're going. With. Okay. Okay, so I grew up. I, I would want to say knowing that there was a God. But my parents were not in a place where they kind of took any kind of membership anywhere. Okay. They, I don't even... Well, I hate to say... I hate to speak for people that aren't in the room, you know? But at that point in their lives, I don't think that they were Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, if your parents aren't Christians, I don't think you could consider yourself a Christian. Mm-hmm. But I always remember, like... Knowing that there was a God, but yeah. not knowing anything about that, you uh-huh. know? I would hear all my friends would go to Bible school and all that, you know? And I would kind of, like, pick their ear. You know, I was always one of those kids that questioned all the things. I mean, mm-hmm. I have a very scientific brain. Yeah. So, I think, for me, it was always like, well, what what is their perspective? Because I know this perspective, mm-hmm. but what is their perspective? And so, it really took hold in college, I think. Because I was like, I was a... um. Majoring in organic chem. Don't do that. No one do that. (laughs) There's
0: this one lady listening who's like,
1: but I'm majoring in organic chemistry. I see. Now I feel bad. No, women in science. We need it. We need it. We need it. So, but Mm -hmm. it's tough. Like, your brain is going, it's it's fact-based. Like, these are the things, the molecules that make up the world, and does God play a factor in that? And so... At that point in my life, I did not realize that. Yeah. So, but here came, you know, college ministry and going out and having that feeling of just... I don't even know how to explain it. Just a light bulb coming on that couldn't be explained here in the sciences, in the books. That the feeling of this is making me feel whole, you know. So, I think that I would you know, I think God always had a, His hand on me, but I think that that was really when He kind of sort of said, okay, this is where I'm opening up your heart. So, in college, I was finally like, okay, I get this. This makes sense. You know, so I started reading my Bible and just going to college ministries there. And then I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to find a church. Mm-hmm. And I just moved away. Um, I'd gotten my first apartment in Huntington and I was like, oh, I'm gonna try every church. Well, back in the 2010, guys, <laughs> there were not very many churches to pick from. Now, if you're listening to this and you go to a church in Huntington, I'm sorry. <laughs> I go to a church in Huntington, oh. disclaimer. Well, hers was not there. It wasn't. It was not. It was not. Okay. So, but I I had started off and I went to some local churches, some not local, some that I had to drive quite a minute away. And I really sat down and I was like, I need to have a relationship with my pastor. Because I realized that quickly that I'm a very... I have to learn from someone directly. That I pick their brain. I have questions. I'm not just one of these women that just sits still. I can't... My brain is always going. Yeah. So, I was like, I've got to have a normal relationship with this man. So, he has to be normal. I finally made my, my rounds to New Heights. Uh-huh. Here in Milton. And I was I was just instantly... This feeling of home, you know, I and it's just, it's a weird feeling, guys, and and you might come, and you might be like, well, not for me, mm-hmm. you know, I think everyone has to find their church, and their person, that they can learn from, and respect, and just have a relationship with, I, it's just something unique, and you don't know it until you know it, you know, mm-hmm. so... But I came to New Lights and instantly was like, thank goodness, I'm done looking. It's like dating, you know, you're (laughs) sort of, you want this partnership for a long time. So you're like, I can't handle this about this guy. So I'm going to have to like go to this guy. And, you know, so it's like, it was just like a great feeling of finally I found it and I don't need to look anymore. And I can start plugging myself in. Yeah. So when you got when you started getting plugged in, Mm -hmm. where did you first plug in? Did you do kids
0: ministry? Did you do? I'm trying to think. I think I overloaded myself like I
1: typically do. Yeah. And like
0: deciding, hey, I've never ran before, but I think I'm gonna do
1: 26 (laughs) miles. Yeah, you're catching on to how I do things. Yeah, I do. So I was like, oh, what all you got? And they listed all the (laughs) things, and I signed up for everything. (laughs) I'm gonna do it all. Yeah. So no, I think I remember doing. Uh, welcome team, which I'm an introvert, so it was not my best thing. Yeah, I'm not the best at welcome team either. Yeah, and then I think I did, uh, obviously kids. I've, I, I've had kids from every age, but mm-hmm. they were like, we don't know you very well, so we're putting you in the babies, so you can't screw them up. <laughs> so that's where I started. Okay. You know, because how can you screw up a baby? You can't do it. <laughs> yeah, you can't do it. So <laughs> that's, where, that's where I got my start. But guess what, guys? Those babies grew up. And I had a hold of them the whole time. Yeah, you did. So <laughs> do you still serve in kids ministry? I do every week. Which every Sunday. I kind of screw up every once in a while. I'm like, oh, I'm late. I got to go. So, yeah. But it's it's one of those things where um, I've enjoyed it. I, I don't have kids of my own. And I kind of, you know, love seeing these kids grow and just, you know, getting baptized. It's big, It's a big deal. It I is. think it should be a Bigger deal than we make it, and I don't even know how to make I mean, it a bigger deal. That's yeah, discipleship,
0: yeah, that's it's what just, we're called to.
1: It's just, it's a very, I, I just don't even. So, what age group kids are you teaching right now? Uh, third to fifth graders, so okay, we combine. That's fine. I teach first service, which for for those of you that, that work and go to school and do all the things, first service is hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to get what to. time does first service start? I think nine, okay, right? Yeah, okay, yes, okay. nine. <laughs> is early for me I feel like but rewarding but you do it yeah that's discipline yeah for sure it's just like running yoga every
0: other thing discipline
1: comes into factor
0: yeah adding those things in and making sure that you're right for
1: one accountable so accountability is important in that for sure um I I will say that during my time of depression I found that kind of keeping these things these kind of like oh on Sunday you're you're teaching you know was the best way for me to kind of anchor myself out of out of that dark place and just start climbing a little bit you know and finding my way back into this is your routine you know I don't feel like getting in the shower because I just want to lay in my bed no you have to get up and go teach you know just things like that to kind of keep yourself rooted I think are important
0: yeah so um, when it comes to church what else do you do
1: so I I teach kids Uh I go on international mission trips. Yes. Do you have any international missions coming up in 2020? Mm, that's interesting you say that. I, I've, my plans are to go back to Ukraine. Uh-huh. Plans. I, so four years I've gone to Ukraine. Yeah. And this is my first year not going back but
0: 2019
1: is is your first year not going back 2019. So you didn't go this year. Yeah. But but it's so awkward that that's the year that I've dealt with with depression the most. And it's just like interesting. Yeah. So for me, it's it, I don't know if it, I, I think it was necessary for me to take a year off. Uh I think this was the year that I just needed that God had planned for me to just get some perspective on my life and and kind of grow from where I was at, you know, Mm -hmm. before I can, find something else to do and hide that anymore you know I think it's easy for us to have stay busy and not think about what our head is doing and neatly tuck it away right so I think this was my year to go I'm taking everything out of its shelves (laughs) and sort of cleaning it out and like getting rid of the stuff that doesn't serve me you Mm -hmm. know so we
0: um connected at the end of 2019 in the fall to do the Fully Known Conference, Mm -hmm. um, which kind of birthed this podcast. And so our heart behind that was bringing bringing our, I guess you could say, sister churches together, the ladies who all kind of already knew one another, um, but bringing us together to worship together, to learn together, and to really have a conversation and so, um, you know, that is, that's kind of where we're going here is to expand on those conversations with each episode. And so um, something that you talked about at that conference, I don't remember if it was on stage or maybe off stage, but it was a conversation that we had was about um, your and our kind of evolution as leaders mm-hmm. and what that looks like um, within our church body. And so can we talk a little bit about that?
1: We can. Um, I think it's just, even any growth that you have in your church, I think is important. I, you don't yeah. have to necessarily be a leader. I mean, you can be a follower and that's fun. That's what makes the world go round. But I think for me, finding my place was sort of important because, you know, us, we need something to do, like something to be working on at all times mm-hmm. in a way that we feel like we're making our lives a difference, you know? So... Um, For me finding my place was tricky because I I fully believe that that you know men should be able to lead us And I want to lean into that but at the same time. I like to learn from women, you know, so um, It was important for me to kind of find where that spot was in church Um, and I think I think having a pastor that can kind of shepherd you in a way that it that you feel that way, like you're making a difference or you're important to the church is very important as well. I think, so going back to finding that church, I mean, these are the things that lead into that. Like you're going to feel either fed or not fed, you know. So that's so important, finding that right church and that right plug-in. So it took me a a while to be accepting of myself to step into that role. Mm -hmm. I think women, we kind of tend to go, "Mm, but this is about, uh, there's like seven ways that I'm not good enough for this, you know? So, um, I think it took me a long time to be like, okay, you're, these are the things that are wrong with you, but you can also use those things to kind of benefit the church as a whole. Yeah. Like no matter where you're at, if leading is in your heart, then that's what, you know, you're called to do.
0: So. Yeah. And I love like, like the term leader, you know, in itself kind of gives some implications but really it's just it's servant leadership. You know, mm-hmm. if you're in any position, um, within a church or, or within an organization, even within your home, like it's right. it's being a servant, servanthood more than um,
1: you know, leading with an iron fist, I guess. Right. You could so say. it's not it's not about you. So that's what I mean by dropping your insecurities. I yeah. think I think it's important to realize that, oh cool, you like yourself, but that's not what this is about. The leadership in the church is about how can I serve others and how can I benefit, you know, how can they benefit from anything that I have to say or, you know, anything that I could do for them. Right. So I think that perspective is important it, mm-hmm. to realize. I think true leaders will, will lead to serve. I think absolutely. if it's more about yourself, then you, you're probably not in the right space.
0: Yeah, and you'll see that in the fruit.
1: Right, for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, I think for me, um, particularly in a church context and in um, – in being in a leadership role, it took me a while to really come to terms with my own gifting um, and with my my own kind of like perspective and seeing, you know, this is actually what I feel like, you know, I should do or mm-hmm. where I can serve to better benefit right. to benefit everyone else. Would you say that you kind of had... The same I, type of reckoning or... Yes,
1: I, in, a, in a degree. I think every woman will kind of struggle not only with just a church, but in a relationship or even, hey, single ladies. We always are going to kind of be questioning where to be at at this yeah. point or what what's this season going to look like in the church or, mm-hmm. you know, so I think it's almost impossible to kind of feel <laughs> where you're supposed to be because I think we're always meant to be moving. You know, mm-hmm. I think if you're stagnant, then there's a reason for that. So it's kind of it's kind of hard, but it's it's a nice concept to kind of have that we don't have to uh, find where we're at for long because it's going to be somewhere Yeah, different. always evolving. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it it takes uh, it took me a while to kind of get that thought process going. Of okay, you're a leader. What do you do now? You know. So I think. It's, like I said a hundred times now, it's important to have that relationship with your pastor and just be able to kind of be like, hey, so about women's ministry and kind of start those conversations. Absolutely. And, you know, be able to go, well, I kind of feel like this is needed. Or how, can, how do we do this? You know, uh, my pastor sent me to Boston to a conference and he was like, I need you to look at these ladies and how they run their women's ministry and let's see how we can kind of benefit from this and I came home and I was trying to figure out how we would plug it into our own church you know and we took we took little here and there's from that and it was important I think to see how they were how they were functioning and how we could you know grow ourselves so it's it's an interesting thing
0: yeah, so you're really in, like, a learning and a building yes, kind of phase right right, now. right, right. What you said um, about your leadership and your relationship with your pastor being so important, mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly agree um, that that is, you know, that's the key. It's your lead shepherd right. um, also being your friend and being someone who um, sees you and knows that, you know, you have valid opinions, and as a woman, you have a different perspective than men. And that's to be celebrated. That's mm-hmm. that's by design. Um, so working together, you know, we can really accomplish something. So I know you have that in your pastor. I have that in my pastor. And so right. I'm very thankful that we both... You know, can kind of speak to that and and the importance of that, Mm -hmm. Um, and seeing seeing one another as co-laborers, not as you know, I'm your boss,
1: right? And I think, ladies, if you're struggling with this with your pastor, it's it's such a touchy thing, sort of to feel that way, you know, because you don't want to go up to them and say, "Hey, this is where you're not leading me well," because you don't want to ruin that relationship that you have, you know. But it's important. You need to be fed and just be able to be poured into like anybody else in the church. I think you're, you know, your pastor would realize that too. If, mm-hmm. if you just brought that, brought that up to their attention. So it's just, it's so important to be in contact with your pastor and not just keep them, keep, keep them in an idle position where you just listen to them talk on Sunday or, you know, run an email bomb here and there. It's, yeah. it's important to kind of lean into them and, bug them. That's good. Um so
0: you know sometimes in a in a larger church context it's not as easy to have that
1: um, this is true.
0: relationship mm-hmm. and so the importance of having uh, small group leaders right. or you know those people in the church who are set to um kind of be a leader in disciple making. Right. Um to have those people to go to and to have women like you who are visible as a leader in the church to know, hey, I can go to Amber. I just got
1: anxiety with her saying that. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Now you're going to get 15 emails um, from ladies like, hey, Amber, I
0: hear that you're going to listen to me.
1: I will. I promise.
0: (laughs) You will. Yeah. Um, So I want to end, and we talked about this, like, before we started recording, and we just decided to add this little tidbit in here. Um, Uh So I want to ask you, what is something
1: that you are loving lately so on another hippie topic I you know I I've, I've been cleansing myself of things that do not serve me right uh-huh. so I've been eliminating some things that don't work with my stomach like you know meat and dairy and then I've been eliminating things that, like chemically wise and I've really found this product and I'm gonna plug it go for it <laughs> um, Silver Market Co very local uh-huh. um, here in West Virginia made. Um I love absolutely all of her products. So I, it's skincare. Yeah, skincare derived naturally, yeah, organic, food grade organic. So if if you can eat it, then it has to be good for your skin, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just things like natural deodorants, and I could talk about natural deodorant oh, all day. I, we'll
0: spare you and yes. not talk about that. <laughs> and if there are any men who have, it's another podcast. Stuck around for the end of this, which I'm <laughs> guessing there's probably zero of them. Yeah but maybe one. you can go ahead and turn it Olivia's off Olivia's husband <laughs> bless his heart hey Matt if you're listening I love you. he made it through <laughs> alright well thank you um, for you know just being being you and being here um, and that wraps up our first episode of season one
1: well thank you